Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. An infamous quote from George Santayana, a Spanish-born American philosopher. Imagine having to prove your worthiness of living in the only place you've ever called home. For immigrants all throughout the United States, that's what daily life is like for their children. Welcome to Looking Back on Campus, a podcast where we examine the ways in which history repeats itself through the experiences of everyday life for members of the Marquette community. I'm your host, Joseph Beard. This week, we will be talking about the role immigration has played throughout our nation's history and how one student's story puts that into modern context. Nancy Suarez Jimenez is a junior at Marquette who studies psychology and social welfare and justice. She's also a student under the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, otherwise known as DACA. Jimenez was only eight months old when she was brought into the U.S. by her parents, who immigrated in August of 2000. Her two sisters, her younger brother, and her parents all live in Wisconsin to this day. Jimenez says the news of DACA was a blessing, but receiving its benefits didn't come very easily. When DACA first came out, I honestly had no idea what it was. I just know my older sister was really ecstatic about it. I was like, cool. I'm like, because I was like, what, in middle school? So I still didn't know what it was about. But I did, like, get that all of a sudden, like, our expectations were, like, heightened a lot. Not, like, just by our family, but it was more so just, like, by the government in general. DACA was created under the Obama administration in June of 2012. The program provides temporary relief from deportation to young undocumented immigrants who are brought into the U.S. as children. According to the American Immigration Council, DACA has enabled almost 800,000 eligible young adults to find work and attend school. As a kid, I needed to make sure to bring all the awards I've ever gotten in school, all my report cards, I needed to get letters from teachers, like, I needed to prove to the government that, like, I'm a good kid and that I deserve, like, a place in the U.S. That feeling of constantly having to prove yourself, it's something that all DACA recipients go through. Dr. Sergio Gonzalez is a professor of Latinx studies in the Department of History at Marquette. Gonzalez specializes in the history of 20th century Midwestern Latinx communities. He says many DACA recipients feel alienated from the U.S. no matter how long they've lived here. This is because of the idea that in order for them to be welcome in this country, they have to constantly be contributing to the economy. The only thing they want to do is live their lives. They, they don't want to have to be exceptional and they don't want to have to be the best of the best because I don't think anybody feels like they want to have to do that every single day of their life. They just want to be able to, to be happy, to live a fulfilling life, to be able to provide for themselves and their family and hopefully to get ahead in this world. You know, why, why do dreamers have to uphold themselves as being valedictorians and all-stars, athletes, you know, people who work three or four jobs? Uh, just to be accepted into their communities. Why can't they just be young adults, uh, young students? Why can't they just be like other young Americans or would-be Americans? Whether it be for their work in manual labor or as students, Gonzalez says immigrants have been taken advantage of for decades. This is a history that goes back all the way to the arrival of the first Latinos who came to Milwaukee in the 1920s. Mexican migrant workers who recruited to work in industries and in factories and foundries here in Milwaukee. When they arrived, they were paid pitiful wages, worked in terrible working conditions, and were never fully considered Milwaukeeans, right? So what does it mean to be recruited to a place, to be told that you are needed, that you are essential, but then at the same time to be excluded from many of the benefits of your labor? On top of how exploited she feels as an immigrant, Jimenez says it's incredibly hurtful to hear the rhetoric coming from the Trump administration. According to USA Today, President Trump has used words like aliens, killers, and criminals over 500 times when talking about immigrants at his presidential rallies. 
I am none of those. All the people who I know are also DACA are not that. We are honestly just trying to work hard, make a contribution to this country that we only know as our home because there's nowhere else we can go to. This is the only place we know. Why would, why would they accuse us of things that if we were even kids coming in, we don't know what's going on. We just know that one day we woke up in a different country, we grew up here, and now this is all we know. Jimenez says that kind of discrimination towards immigrants is not exclusive to fellow DACA students. She says it's been happening for decades. First it was, okay, the English were here, we hate the Irish. Oh wait, now look, here comes this other Europeans. Ah, okay, Irish, you're cool, but like these guys aren't. It's just like the whole mentality again of someone needs to be on top and you guys need to make sure the other ones know it by making them feel bad. It's like, it's just a whole system of bullying. Gonzalez says discrimination against immigrants goes back even further throughout the nation's history. These kind of well-worn uh, statements of, you know, immigrants are here to take our jobs, they're not real Americans, they'll never be able to become Americans. These are old, old statements that go back to the founding of the nation. We can look back uh, to the way in which the founding fathers, including people like Benjamin Franklin, spoke about German immigrants and spoke about them as being unassimilable, as being boorish, as being uncivilized. As an immigrant, Jimenez says she feels like her family is caught between two different cultures. When raising their children, she says her parents struggled to decide which traditions their family would adopt. Those they practice while living in Mexico or those common in what's considered to be a typical American home. For a while, we were celebrating Halloween. We were doing Christmas the way they do it here. And like, eventually my parents realized, they're like, oh, like if we don't go back to like our old traditions, the kids will never learn the traditions. And then that would be kind of sad because then they're losing a part of like their cultural identity. So like for the sake of just like, us learning also what our culture does. My parents decided to revert back to it. And so now we don't really celebrate Halloween anymore. And I do more Dia de los Muertos. And it just kind of makes more sense to me too. But also again, I was uh, then raised in that manner too. Gonzalez says in places like Milwaukee, immigrant families have always struggled to find ways to feel welcomed into the communities they live in. Do you get to set the limits under which you will be fully incorporated into a community or is the community that is welcoming you setting uh, prerequisites for what that integration looks like uh, language requirements whether it's you know you have to learn english to be considered fully an american or be considered a milwaukee or wisconsinite um if you have to learn how to practice uh, specific cultural traditions if it has to do with the type of jobs you do or the types of uh, cultural practices that you're engaged in right all of these different things are both kind of like uh, cultural markers of the way somebody feels like they're incorporated in a community. But I think more importantly, they're also like very real material factors that people feel like they're incorporated, right? Do you have access to a good job? Do you have access to healthcare? Um, do you have access to a good education? And ultimately, do you feel like you have the opportunity to make a better life for yourself and for your family in this new place that you're calling home? In light of how immigrants still face many of the same issues that they did decades ago, Jimenez says progress needs to be made before she can feel proud to live in this country. I'm really proud of the fact that my generation seems to be doing even better when it comes to being open-minded and accepting all these differences. But I can't say I'm I can't say I'm fully proud yet until I see that change reflected in the government that's leading this country. I'm happy for what it's got and I'm grateful for being here, but I can't say I'm proud yet until the US can be proud to have me here too. On June 18th, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of DACA recipients and ordered that the Trump administration reopen DACA for new applicants. As of July 28th, the Department of Homeland Security stated that they will reject new applicants, but will continue to process renewal requests. However, instead of renewals being issued every two years, they will now only be issued for one. 
Thank you for tuning in. Next week, we will be diving into the racial equality and police brutality protests of this past summer, as well as the role students play in many of these social movements. Until then, this has been Looking Back on Campus. Take care.